Hello, I'm Daniel. I am going to give a talk today from the 37 Practices of Bodhisattvas. The 37 Practices of Bodhisattvas. It's, a, it's sort of a series I've been doing, and I'm going to give that talk today. So, so that's what's happening. And Today, the title of this passage we're going to go over, I'm going to go over the passage, and then I'm going to uh, sort of break it down and comment on it a little bit. And today, the title of the passage I'm going to go over is Giving Up Bad Company. Giving Up Bad Company. And there are themes here that I've touched on in previous talks on here, because sort of this stuff is important. So we do sort of go over the same things again and again in slightly different ways. So that's what we're doing. And this is really about trying to be a better person, trying to unleash the most potential we possibly can in our lives. That's what this is about. Living, I call it living in a more awakened way. That's what this is about. And so a lot of it is things we can avoid in order to live in a more awakened way. There are things that often have been shown to get in the way of living our best life. So that's why this, this section is called Giving Up Bad Company. And I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to comment on it. I'm going to read it and then comment on it. If, while befriending someone, the three poisons increase, the activities of study, reflection, and meditation degenerate, and love and compassion disappear then it is the practice of the bodhisattvas to give up this bad company. I'm gonna read that one more time. If while befriending someone, the three poisons increase, the activities of study, reflection, and meditation degenerate, and love and compassion disappear, then it is the practice of the bodhisattvas to give up this bad company. So, uh, the theme of this is we become more like the people we spend time with. That's number one. That's something to think about. That's something to think about. So if you, if you think, you know, this friend of mine is an asshole, right? Then we have to reflect on, well, how much time are we going to spend with this friend of ours that we think is an asshole, right? So what we need to do is, or rather what we're being encouraged to do is just pay attention to the relationships in our lives and really notice when things are making us go a certain direction. We don't, we tend, tend to think that ourself and who I am is so strong and important. And we don't think of ourselves as consistently being influenced by the people and events and things around us. But the truth is that your life experience changes who you are and that the people you hang out with change who you are and really the things you do all these things change who you are. You're very malleable. We don't think of ourselves that way. We think of ourselves as kind of, this is who I am, and this, that's it. And that's really not the case. So that's why we say, so I'll go, I'll go line by line. So if while befriending someone, the three poisons increase. The three poisons are the things that cause us the most struggle in our lives. They are, I call them attachment, aversion, and delusion. 
or attachment, aversion, and ignorance. Sometimes the word ignorance is used. And these are just the things that get us really caught up and really stop us from being happy. So what is attachment? It is sort of being obsessed with the things we want and especially the things we don't have, but also the things we do have. Sometimes if you have a thing and you're obsessed with it, that's attachment. If you're a hoarder, that's attachment. If you're, if you have um, like, gosh, this is an old reference, like Cameron's dad in Ferris Bueller, he has a really nice car and he just keeps it under a blanket and he never gets it out. That is, that is high level attachment. Like what is the point of that? Right. And we do that sometimes. So attachment is really just an obsession with things. And it's also an obsession with like really, really anything. It doesn't have to be material things. It can also be an obsession with like, I eat too much ice cream because I really love ice cream. That's attachment as well. Or if, if you've got really bad relationships habits and you're always chasing, chasing other people to, to sleep with, that would be attachment as well, especially if it's doing harm to your life. So that is attachment. It's just the mind that is always, always, always chasing things and never satisfied, never satisfied. So, and an example I like to talk about with attachment is my daughter asked me to take her roller skating. I said no, and it ruined her night because she was attached to this big expectation and this big hope that she was going to go roller skating. And that was really harmed by reality. It was really hard by me saying, well, no, I don't like, I don't, I don't, I like plans. I said to her, I like plans. I don't like suddenly, Hey, suddenly, can we do this immediately? No. So that is attachment. That's an example of attachment. It's when not getting the exact thing you want right now ruins your day. That's attachment. It's when we just can't stop thinking about this thing I want rather than just sort of holding on loosely. That is, it's not bad to want things, but what's bad is just that mind that does this, just that mind that just, I'm mad. I'm mad. I can't go roller skating. That is attachment. That is attachment. It's not really the same as liking something, not liking something. It's just that when we're, when we're obsessed, one thing we really get caught up on is money because uh, money is made up of numbers and numbers don't end, right? So there's endless, endless opportunities for attachment there. And that's why some people use the word greed instead of attachment. And I think just, I think when we think of greed, we think of a very specific thing, right? We just think of money. Maybe we think of possessions, but we don't think of like feelings. We don't think of ice cream when we think of greed, right? Unless, unless we're thinking in terms of not sharing, but we're not thinking in terms of eating too much when we think of greed, but with attachment, that sort of helps us. It means, it means you're holding on too tightly, holding on too tightly. And I think we do that in relationships too. When you're, if you've never had this experience, I'm sure you've heard of it where you're just obsessively afraid of the person leaving you. And you're so afraid of that, that you sort of make them feel trapped and then they leave you, right? That's, that is a big manifestation of attachment and it happens. And I'm sure you've heard of that kind of story before where you're just, where you just obsession. The obsession is the problem, not the wanting something, the obsession, the, the, I identify with this wish I have. 
I identify with this. It's when I stop thinking of myself as a person who loves ice cream and instead I think of myself as an ice cream lover, right? It's when I make it part of who I am. That's the obsession. That's what that does to you. And so that was the first poison of attachment. The second poison is called aversion, aversion. And some people use the word hatred for this. And I think that's a little bit too extreme because hatred like hatred implies you're clubbing someone or something, right? Hatred is extreme. And we're just talking about aversion, and that in includes hatred, but it also includes just sort of I don't like this or sort of uh, this situation makes me uncomfortable. That's an aversion as well. This situation makes me uncomfortable. I have an aversion to this, this virus outbreak that's happening because I don't like the feeling of having to stay in my house and being nervous when I go out. I have an aversion to that. And I don't like uh, that my kids are out of school. I have an aversion to that too. I'm not, I don't hate it. I just, it makes me uncomfortable, right? So that's aversion. It is discomfort and hatred. It is the exact flip, flip side of attachment. So attachment is I'm holding on too much to how much I want this thing or that thing or how much I want to keep this thing. And aversion is I'm holding on too much to how much I want this thing to get the fuck away from me, okay? So when um, I, a particular one I have is if there's too many noises going on at once, so if there's music playing and people talking and a third thing, I, it really bothers me a lot. I have a strong aversion to that. So just three sounds at once is too many for me. And I know like, I think most people probably have a number of sounds that if there's that many, it bothers them. I just happen to have three, but sometimes, sometimes two, to be honest with you, but that's an aversion I have. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't hate it. I'm not going to attack anyone for talking when there's too many things going on, but I don't like it. I don't like it. And we could probably think of all, all sorts of things that we're averse to the aversions, things we think that when they're happening, we're uncomfortable or it puts us on edge. And if you've ever had the experience where one bit bad thing happens, one irritating or annoying thing happens, maybe early in the day, and it just ruins your whole day, you're just, your whole day is fucked because one bad thing happened, that's aversion. That is the poison of aversion. That's why it's poison, because it could just ruin your day when sometimes it's really not important but it could still ruin your entire day or it can at least ruin out. It can very easily ruin hours of your day. Just a little thing can happen and do that. So that's why we call it, we call it a poison because aversion is so powerful because aversion is so powerful. So honestly, right now, a couple times, not not all the time, but a couple times I've had trouble sleeping at night because I'm thinking about this this virus thing because I'm thinking about, oh, well, we only have five rolls of toilet paper. I don't know if that's going to last, right? Or, oh, well, is work going to shut down? Work is, work isn't. I don't know. And I have an aversion to these thoughts. These thoughts are making me very uncomfortable, and sometimes I have trouble sleeping at night. Um, and that's not normal for me. I am not someone that has trouble sleeping at night. I know a lot of people do. That's a very, very common problem. And a lot of the time, I think people have trouble sleeping at night because they're thinking about 
their aversions. They're thinking about, often they're thinking about bad things that haven't even happened that they are afraid are going to happen, and they're just rolling that over in their head again and again, and then they can't sleep. And that's that's the poison of aversion, because it, we call it a poison because it affects us so much. And and like I said, a lot of the time, it's it's nonsense. It's bullshit. It's not happening. Or it's not important. But we think it's important. We bring importance to it. So again, just like attachment, we want to try to learn how to do what we can learn how to do if we learn how to be more mindful and see more clearly is maybe not not hold on to our aversions like this, but maybe hold on more loosely. So, so it's okay to have dislikes, but at the same time, we don't need to make them who we are. So I don't like getting on elevators. I'm a person who does not like getting on elevators, but I don't want to, what I don't want to be is an elevator hater an elevator hater. You see what I did there with language? I think language is really powerful. We define ourselves with language. We define ourselves with language. We don't say, I'm experiencing anger. We say, I'm angry. I'm angry. And that's really not, that's not, that's not correct because that's not who you are. Who you are is a person experiencing anger. And we do that with, with all our feelings, right? We don't say, I'm having an experience of depression. We say, I'm depressed, as in that's who I am. But it's just part of your experience. It's just part of your experience. And the truth is, there's a lot happening in your experience. But we fixate. And usually, maybe not usually, but pretty often in life, we really fixate. We really drill down on the bad things. We really drill down. We really focus on our aversions. We focus on what could go wrong instead of what could go right. We have a huge tendency to do that. And consequently, a lot of the time, we're unhappy when there's no reason to be unhappy. When nothing's even happened. And the last of the three poisons is delusion. And that is just not seeing things clearly. Not seeing things clearly. It's not... Sometimes it's not knowing the difference between the things we want and the things we don't want. So we like tell ourselves we really want something because other people want it, that that would be delusion. Or we convince ourselves we really don't like something because other people don't like it. That is, that is the delusion of social interaction. And that happens all the time. But it's really anything where we tell ourselves, if I get that car, I'm going to be happy. Or if I get that job or if I make that much money, then I can then I'm going to be happy. Then I can take it easy. Then I'm going to be there, right? Delusion is when we fool ourselves. When we fool ourselves. And it's also when we sort of when we convince ourselves that we're more important than other people. And we don't say that out loud. We don't say I'm more important than this person, so it's okay if I take from them. We don't say that, but we do have a tendency to behave that way. And that's delusion too, because the truth is we're all in this together and we're all deserving of love and compassion and we're all struggling and suffering and we're not more important than anyone else. We all are in this together. We're all the same. So anyway, I went through that explanation of three poisons to say 
if while befriending someone, the three poisons increase. So if we are spending time with people who consistently make us feel stronger attachment to things or, and maybe that's less common than the other, which is people that consistently make us feel like we hate other things, consistently make us feel aversive. So um, it can really happen if you're spending a lot of time with people that really strongly embody these poisons that it rubs off on you. It rubs off on you. So if you're with someone who just consistently all the time is chasing the next thing that they want and they're never satisfied and they're chasing it and they're bringing, maybe they're bringing you into their struggle, it can rub off on you. It can make you have some of those traits. And likewise, if you're always spending time with someone or often spending time with someone who just hates everything all the time, and I think that maybe we all know someone who's very negative and just hates everything all the time. It's just really unhappy that uh, people always find it hard to believe when I tell them this, but that was me before, before I started exploring Buddhism. That was me. I was a very negative person. I hated everything all the time. I thought, I thought movies with happy endings were terrible. And I just was just a unhappy, negative old sad bastard. That was me before I found Buddhism. And that, that kind of person can influence you can influence you. And I'm not saying cut off your friends, but I am saying be mindful of your interactions with other people and think about who in your life is a good influence and who in your life is a bad influence and really think about that. And the next verse is about the activities that we want to do. And those are study, reflection, and meditation. And it says, and basically what he's saying in the text is if you're spending a lot of time with bad company, it really can take you away from study, reflection, and meditation. And of course it can, right? So, and gosh, I feel like this is less true as we get older because you have less friends pulling you to do things. You know what I mean? So, so I don't know how, how relevant this is to me at the age of 40. But that being said, I think that we want to try to spend time with people that want to better themselves. Spend time with people that want to better themselves. So if you're spending all your time with someone who's not reflective, who's not trying to be mindful and meditate, who's not studying to try to become a better person, then they can influence you. Hopefully you're influencing them to try to be a better person, but unfortunately they can influence you too. And I think just just to say, I don't want to say, again, I don't want to say we want to cut people out of our lives necessarily, but I do want to say that I think this is why in Buddhism, the Buddha said that spiritual community is important. Spiritual community that is coming together with like-minded people. I think that's why he said it's important because having people around you that have some of the same goals you do helps you work toward those goals. It helps you even even without trying. Just meeting like-minded people and spending time with them helps you. Helps you work on those yourself. And, and I especially I sort of think of, um, I see this question asked sometimes, like, how do people make friends after they're 30? 
you see that question asked sometimes, right? I see that's the stuff of memes and it's just big questions people ask. And I think that being in a spiritual community, being at a meditation group, going to a Buddhist service, going to a yoga studio, whatever you do, I think is, man, it is hard to make friends. I have social anxiety. It's hard for me to make friends. It's hard for anybody to make friends, I think. But I think it's a very good thing to do. I think that is the place to meet people. I think that is the place to meet people. I met my fiance, Alicia, at a Buddhist temple, and I'm really glad I did. We are a very good match. And I think that that is, those are the kinds of places that are good to meet people because you will meet people that are trying to be more mindful, trying to bring more wisdom into their lives. And those are the kinds of people that are the good influences on us. People that are trying, not people that are succeeding necessarily. It's a struggle. It's a struggle for most of us, but for people that are trying to better themselves, it's good to meet those people. It's good to spend time with those people. People that are trying to improve themselves are a good influence on us. They are. So that's something we should be trying to do. And if you're spending a lot of time with somebody who maybe like makes fun of people all the time in a really harsh way, or somebody who doesn't care about other people and makes very clear they don't care about other people's feelings, like reflect on that and think about that. And, and really the number one thing we can do is we can think, is this influencing me? Is this influencing me? I can tell you, I know, um, in my early 20s, there was a guy that was around my group of friends, and he was just a real asshole. He was just a really negative person who was just down on other people all the time. I'm not going to say his name in this video, but you, you might know who he is if you, if you know me. But he uh, was a bad influence on me, and I, I did find myself starting to sort of starting to become like him a little bit. And that was not good for me. And he's not someone that's around my life anymore, but that's a thing that happens and you won't even know it's very subtle. So you won't even know it's happening. And even if someone tells you, you might not believe them. And that's really a sneaky and dangerous thing. Danger, maybe dangerous is not the right word, but it's a sneaky thing. So I think we need to be careful who we spend time with a little bit and at least, at least be mindful. And when someone has some of these really bad habits, just reflect and think, is this affecting me? And if it is, think about what you need to do to, to put a stop to that. Think about what you need to do to put a stop to that. And love and compassion disappear. So if you're hanging out with someone who has no compassion for others, that is exactly what can happen. Your, your compassion will decrease if you're just hanging out with someone who's, you know, who sees somebody in trouble and thinks, oh, they got what they deserved, right? Who just does not care. That could become you as well. That can rub off on you very easily. Compassion is what this world needs today, right now, and all the time. Compassion for people who we think deserve it, Compassion for people who we think really don't. 
no one is left out. I think that's very important. And I think if we start living that way, we're going to make this world a way better place. And so if we, if we spend time with people who make excuses to not care about others, because that's, that's what it is. If you think about a reason why someone deserves the bad things happening to them, that's what, that's what you're doing. You're making excuses to not care because you want to not care. So if you've seen a homeless person on the street and you've thought, oh, well, I'm not going to help them. They don't deserve it. They did something to cause this on themselves. I don't care. If you've ever had that thought, right, that's what I'm talking about. That is, you're making an excuse because, and I've had that thought myself before. The excuse is made because, well, one, not only do I not want to give anything, but two, it's very uncomfortable if we think too hard about homeless people in our society. It's very uncomfortable to think about because it's terrifying, right? There are too many people that are homeless and our society is not doing a good job of whatever needs to be done. And it's uncomfortable to think about. It's uncomfortable to think about. So we make excuses to not think about it. And we should be thinking about it. We should be at the very least caring and feeling bad for these people. That's compassion. And just like the other things, if we spend a lot of time with somebody who just looks down on people, we can start to do that. That can happen very easily, right? So it's all the same. It's all the same. So what I want to encourage you to do is just reflect on who you spend a lot of time with. Reflect on it and think, do I need more good influences in my life? How can I go get more good influences? How can I go get more good influences? Because you can. There are people out there. There are lots of people out there that are trying to improve themselves, like like you and me. And we can be trying to spend time with those people or at least talk to them and just see if we can get some good influences on ourselves. Because just hating everything all the time, that's no way to live. That's not a happy way to live your life. So that's why the text says the practice of the bodhisattvas is to give up this bad company. Just, just be mindful about who you're spending time with. Be mindful about your own thoughts and actions. And be mindful about the people around you, too. I saw, I saw a post somebody made that said, if your date doesn't give a good tip to the waiter, you should leave. Or or if your date isn't nice to the waiter, you should leave. And I think that is really powerful and really close to what we're talking about here. It is. People show you who they are by how they treat others. It's not always how they treat you. People show you who they are by how they treat others. So... Um, that is that is it for today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Have a good day.